Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. This is our third and final message in the Heart for the House series this year. And, and I actually believe that this is probably the most important message that any Christian can ever hear. Now, uh, I, I may not be the, the best person to, at delivering this message, but this message will affect every single one of our eternities. Now, it, it's in Hebrews 13 where it talks to the leaders and it says that they're going to give an account for your soul. And so I am, I am, I am very, very cognizant of the fact that I'm going to stand before God and you need to know what we're going to be talking about today. And this is different than, than most messages that you ever hear from the Bible. And here's why. Most of the time when we read the Bible, we're reading about something that someone else did. You read about David killing Goliath, Noah building an ark, Jesus walking on the water. Right? But what this message is, this message is about you. Right? This message is about an event that is going to take place at a moment in time and you will be there. And not only will you be there, it is the most important moment in your entire life and eternity. And it's found in Revelation chapter 20. And again, you are going to be there when this takes place at a moment in time. And there is going to be a moment during this event where the focus is on you, right? Now, this is going to take place after Jesus returns. Now, if, if you're new to Christianity, you may not realize Jesus is coming back, but he's coming back. Every single New Testament author, maybe they only wrote like 20, 25 verses, but they talk about Jesus coming back. And the Bible gives us the signs of when he's going to come back. And every one of the signs that this is going to be happening when he returns, every one of them are all around us. Right? So we're going to go to Revelation chapter 20. And uh, we're going to look at this event that is going to take place and you are going to be there at some moment in time in the future. Now, by the way, theologians refer to this as the great white throne judgment. And uh, as we read, let's just see if you can figure out why. Then I saw a great white throne. <laughs> Think you got it figured out? Okay. And him who sat on it, from whose faith the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened. Books, plural, and a book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. So every person is going to be there. They're going to be standing before God and there's going to be books and there's going to be a book, All right? Now, for many, many years, I believed as a Christian that, that, that the whole deal was, you know, you want to go to heaven and not hell. 
And you've always got to make sure that you make it to heaven. You're going to be judged. There's going to be judgment day. And did you make it to heaven? Did you make it or didn't you make it? And you end up in hell. But here's what this is telling us right here. That there is not one judgment. There's two. There's two judgments. One is about heaven and hell. Where you spend eternity. The second one is about how you spend eternity. Not where. The second one is about how. The second one is about rewards that you receive for all of eternity. All right? now, now, for many years, I did not understand that. I just thought, well, you know, all I got to do is just make it to heaven. Right? In, in, in fact, I, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible before that happened. Here's, here's the wonderful thing about the Bible. All right? Now, I've read the Bible cover to cover well over a hundred times. Right? I read it every day. And every day, there's something new. Every day, I see something I didn't see before. All right? So so you might be like that, and and you've read this before, or you've heard this before, but it just kind of, you didn't, it didn't take, you didn't catch it. All right? But it's not just about getting to heaven. All right? Because there are going to be eternal rewards that are going to be given. All right? So your life is recorded in two places. Two intents, two purposes, right? One is this great white throne judgment where it's going to decide heaven and hell. But the second one is going to decide the eternal rewards that you're going to receive. Now, notice it says that there were books open and the dead were judged according to their works, according to what's written in the books. So you're going to think this is crazy again, but the theologians, right? If you ever read any theology, you'll come across this where they talk about the books of works, right? Your works, everything you've done, why you've done it is recorded, right? And it's in these books of works and you're going to be judged, listen, by your works, by the things that you've done. Now, at least you'd be confused, How many of you know you're not saved by works? Those books of works do not have anything to do with heaven and hell. But they do have to do with an eternal reward. Ephesians 2, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. So don't get the idea I'm going to be saved by my works. No, you're not saved by works. But you're going to be judged and rewarded for your works. And it's real important. We make, we make that distinction. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the head that were in them. And they were judged each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So again, in a moment of time, you are going to stand before God. And there's going to be two different separate judgments. God's going to ask two questions of you. Now, I, I was never a great student in school. In fact, I was in the part of the class that was responsible for the top 80% of the class being possible. 
Now, I wasn't very interested in what was being said and what was being taught. You know, a while back, one of my grandkids showed me the report card. All right. And they said, Papa, look, all A's, not one B. And I said, well, I never got a B neither. <laughs> not one, you know, probably not. It wasn't the same, but all right. So, so you're going to be to heaven. There's going to be a test in heaven. There's really just two. All right. And, and here, here, here's the deal. God wants you to pass the test. And the deal with God is God always lets you know beforehand what the questions are going to be. And even more than that, he always tells you the answer. All right. Let me just give you an example. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30. He said, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. So here's what God says. He says, okay, you've got blessing in life, A. You have death and a curse, B. The answer is A. <laughs> God wants us to pass the test, right? And, and, and th th these two questions that you're going to be asked in eternity, they're no different. And really, my job as your pastor is to prepare you for these two questions, these two test questions. And not only so that you know what's going to be asked, but that you're going to test well. So that you know, but then you're prepared. You are prepared. You have done the things that are necessary, all right? Revelation 2015, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the first question is this. Now, the wording may be just a little bit different, but this is, this is, this is what the question is going to contain. All right. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with him? You know, some people look at Jesus and they go, oh man, Jesus, he was a great teacher. Jesus was a good example, right? But Jesus told us why he came. He said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Right? The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Now it's just not dying physically. It's that second death. It's the lake of fire. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The wages of sin, it's physical death, and it's the second death, a separation from God. Every person has sinned. We owe a debt that we do not want to pay. And what Jesus did is Jesus came and he paid for your sin and my sin. That's what he did on the cross. When he said it is finished, he was saying the debt for sin is paid for. Right? Hell is where people go to pay for their own sin. So he says, God's going to send people to hell. No, hell is where people go to pay for their own sin. So the Bible calls what Jesus did, it's called the gospel. And it literally means good news. Good news. So the good news is this, that Jesus paid your bill. He paid for you. He paid with his life. He paid a debt he did not owe.
Because he knew that you shouldn't pay for your own sin. Hell is where people pay for their own sin. Now, we've already got our Christmas tree up. I'm about to tell you guys. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to put presents under that tree. And we're going to say, from Papa. That's me. All right. And they're going to have a name on there. All right. Now, if they do not open that gift, it does no good. So Jesus is offering us a gift of eternal life. But we have to receive it. We've got to open it. We've got to receive the gift. Right. Now, what a lot of people will do is they'll, they'll answer this question. What did you do with my son, Jesus? And they'll answer it wrong. They think they're answering it right. They'll say something like this. They say, well, I went to a building and uh, about him or, or I, I read the book. I read the Bible about him. I, I sang songs about him. You know, I gave money. I served, I was baptized, uh, I, I received the, the communion or Eucharist and all of those things are good, okay? But all of those things are the wrong answer. They're all wrong. Every one of them is wrong. Now, here's what a lot of people think. I mean, millions of people believe this, right? That in eternity, God has got a big scale, right? And over here are your bad works. And over here are your good works. And they believe that if your good works are more than your bad works, you slide into heaven. But if your bad works are more than your good works, you slide into hell. Let me tell you something. No scale. There is no such thing. We might think that way, but we're thinking wrong. All right. Jesus said this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 76% of Americans say they are Christians. 98%, by the way, believe in God. 76% say they're a Christian. But this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, just because you say you're a Christian, that doesn't mean that you're going to be, you're going to go to heaven. Right? Because what God's looking for is an inside work, not an outside work. Right? The right, here's the right answer. Right? Here's the right answer. So God says, what did you do with my son Jesus? The right answer is, I gave him all of my heart, all of my life. I loved him. I had a relationship with him. He was my best friend. Now, if you answer the first question right, you're going to get another question, right? You're going to get the second question. Now, theologians, again, they call this the judgment seat of Christ or the bema, a Greek word, the, the bema judgment seat. But in a moment of time, you're going to be in Revelation chapter 20 and God's going to ask you another question. Now, here's what I want you to understand about God. First of all, in, in Hebrews 11, verse six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Right? This, is, this is God theology 101. All right. God is a rewarder. It makes a difference when you seek God. It makes a difference when you pray. 
It makes a difference when you worship. It makes a difference when you sow into the kingdom to bless somebody in Jesus' name or for his sake, right? It makes, God is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. In fact, at the very, very end of the Bible, last chapter, like, like there's like eight verses to go, right? And this is what Jesus says. He said, behold, he said, I'm coming quickly. King James, and my reward is with me. My, my favorite translation, a more modern translation says, and my, my paycheck is in my hand. He said, I got a paycheck for you. I've got a reward for you for things that you've done. Now, that is good news, right? First Corinthians chapter three, verses 10 through 11, talk about this. And here's some bad news, right? It says that some people will be saved, but receive no reward. They will go to heaven rewardless. They, they will have an eternity in heaven. But that's why the Bible says God's going to wipe away every tear. Because they're going to look back and they're going to say, I could have, I should have. Right? But they're going to have so much regret because all the things that they could have done to promote the kingdom of God, to leverage their life for the kingdom, they got all self-absorbed and everything was about them. Do they go to heaven? Yes, they're going to be in heaven, but they're going to have, the Bible literally says, they themselves will be saved, yet is by fire. It's saying no rewards, no rewards at all. Now, this, this isn't just for some people, right? This is for every single Christian. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do the good works which God predestined, planned beforehand. Get this, God has planned beforehand good works for you to do. It says taking the paths he prepared ahead of time for us. God has got stuff for you to do. Right? He wants you to leverage your life for the kingdom of God. Right? So the second question, here it is. In some form, these may not be the exact words, but this is what he's gonna say. What did you do with the stuff that I gave you for the benefit of the kingdom of God? What did you do with the stuff I gave you for the benefit of the kingdom of God? Now, when I say stuff, this is what I'm talking about. Your breath, your life, your time, your energy, your family, today. How many know this is the day the Lord has made? What did you do with your, with your time, with your car, with your job, with your money, with your business, all right? Listen, life, the purpose of life, number one is to find Christ, all right? Number one. But once you found him, life, listen, is not about you. Rick Warren several years ago, wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. It is the number one best-selling book in history, except for the Bible. And this is how the book begins. It's not about you. Get that? It's not about you. Once you find Christ, 
It's not about you any longer. It's about you leveraging everything you have for the cause of Christ, right? People say, church just wants my money. Listen to me. God does not want your money. He wants everything. Got it? He wants everything. He wants your time, your energy, your ideas, your influence, right? He wants your, he wants your skills. He wants your talents. He wants you to, he wants your phone. All right. Uh, He wants that thing sanctified, first of all. All right. And then he's like, you know, who, who did you text and invite to church? Who who did you give an encouraging word to? We're to leverage all that we have to make an eternal difference for the cause of Christ. C.T. Studd, some of you will will, will have heard of this man. Uh, He actually born in 1860, right? Died in in 1931. Uh, C.T. Studd, uh, what we say? His father was saved in a Dwight L. Moody evangelistic meeting. Some of you know Moody was the premier evangelist in the world in the 19th century. And then his father, at age 18, led C.T. Studd to Christ. Now, C.T. Studd was a member of one of the very, very wealthiest families in all of England. And he was a phenomenal athlete. Uh, He was the number one cricket player in the world. Now that may mean nothing to you. Let me bring it into perspective. He was Michael Jordan at Michael Jordan's prime, right? He, he, he was so famous and not only famous, he, 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 he like, he belongs to Gil, Bill Gates family. He's, he's like Bill Gates kid, right? And then Bill Gates dies and leaves him and his brother an absolute fortune, right? In his mid twenties, He walks away from his career in sports, takes every dime he has and gives it to missions, moves to the Orient and spend the rest of his life as a missionary in India, in China, and ultimately in Africa, right? Dies at the age of 71, right? Uh, uh, There's a really great quote, he said. He said, only one life soon will be passed and only what's done for Jesus will last. Now we're talking about Revelation 20, you're gonna be there, right? But he's gonna be there. And I wanna tell you something, when when C.T. Studd stands in front of Jesus and here's that question, what did you do with the stuff that I gave you? He's gonna have no regrets, got that? He's gonna have zero regrets. This week, uh, a, a dear, friend and member of our congregation went to be with heaven, went to heaven. Uh, He found out shortly before the doctors said to him, they said, you know, outside of of something miraculous, they said, you have a very short time to live. Now his father told me this, all right? And, and, And when he was told that, he went, really? I'm going to go to be with the Lord. Now listen, listen, the reason people don't want to die is because they don't have any treasure in heaven. Now, now let me tell you about my, my friend Todd. I don't know of anybody more fanatical 
about missions than him. He took all of the resources that he could and sowed into the kingdom of God to make an eternal difference for the cause of Christ. The Bible tells us about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, part of the royal family. It says, but he turned his back on all of it, right? All of the wealth of Egypt and chose rather to suffer the reproach of Christ because he looked to his reward. He looked to his reward, right? And what we tend to do so often is we're just looking at today instead of looking at eternity, we're, we're so short-sighted. I, I was talking uh, this week with someone about this, and I said 90% of the church is asleep. Yes, it is. We, we don't, don't realize the purpose that we're here for. We're here to leverage everything for the cause of Christ. Right? Jesus said, speaking about this, to some, he's going to say, well done. And to others... Unfortunately, they're going to hear, well, you're done. You want to hear well done, not well, you're done, not well planned, well thought of, uh, great intentions, because we can get off point, get off mission, and we can get so self-absorbed. If we don't talk about this, the natural tendency is to just get refocused on self. The Bible again For we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that each one may receive for the things done in the body, according to what he's done, whether good or bad. And again, my job is to get you ready so that you know, but you know what it's going to take for you to test well, right? That you, that you understand, but what we need to do, you need to, I need to, we need to leverage all that we have for the cause of Christ. Our time, our energy, our money, our influence, you know, our phone, our job, our business, whatever it is. Life is not about fame. Life is not about the accumulation of stuff. Life is not about what we can achieve. Life is about what we can do to make an eternal difference for the cause of Christ. It's about leveraging what we have. Right? I, I, I heard a story recently about a salesman and he was in a hotel restaurant and he's looking outside there's a blizzard it's blowing you know the snow's coming sideways it's drifting and and he says to the waiter he said he said do you think the roads will be clear enough to travel by the morning and the waiter answered and said well it depends he said well it depends on what he said well are you on salary or commission Listen, you're not on salary. You are on commission. You're on commission. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you realize he's preparing as we send ahead? He's preparing. But we we need to recognize our life is not about the accumulation of stuff. It's not about entertainment. It's not about us. Second Corinthians 9. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
He said, we need to decide. He said, and don't be reluctant about it. Right? And the reason sometimes people are reluctant is because they do not realize that they're sowing for eternity. People tend to get ready for everything. We've got medical insurance in case something happens. Life insurance in case something, something happens. We've got auto insurance in case something happens. Something might, something might not. But let me tell you what you know is going to happen. Revelation 20 is going to happen. In a moment of time, you and I will stand before God and we will answer two questions. Right? So the Bible says, don't be reluctant. Realize, Jesus said, you know, when you sow, he said, you're laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He says, not of compulsion. If you feel forced, don't do it. You know, don't, don't do it because of a sad story, but make up your mind. Make the decision. I'm going to do something and, and don't make a decision. I'm just going to do something today or this week or, or this month. Decide this is what I'm going to do. Right? I'm going to do this. This is going to be the way that I live. Before Jeannie and I were ever married, we, we both made the decision. First tenth of everything that we get, it goes to God. Then together we made the decision and we're going to do more than that, right? We're, we're going to spread more than that in our, in our financial realm and in other realms. As I was getting this message ready, you know, I was thinking about what am I doing? What am I doing? And, and I, I, I realized that I had been uh, on a rotation at Mel Trotter, uh, Mission Downtown, which really helps a lot of homeless people, uh, people that are... are fighting addictions to drugs and alcohol and, and suicide, a, a number of things. And I was on a rotation. I would go down and preach regularly for them. And when they made some changes in staff, somehow my name got dropped. So as I was thinking about this, I called back up and, and I said, guys, I said, I don't know what happened, but my name got off. I want to get back on the rotation. I want to go down. I want to take the gifts that God's given me. I want to use them to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. You know, it's not just our money. It's our time. It's our talent. It's our energy. It's everything we need to use it to advance the kingdom. Because if we don't talk about it, there is just a pull towards selfishness. Right. But but if you but if you will think about it and pray about it, you know, God will speak to you. God will open your heart and give you an eternal perspective, which is what we need. Let me close with this. Ephesians 3.10 to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may might be made known by the church. The church is not a building. You're the church. And it's God's plan. To ye, for us to use what he's given us, to leverage it for the kingdom of God. It's God's plan to reach the world through you and through me. And the truth is, God doesn't have a plan B. We are God's plan, right? And I want you to be ready when you stand before God in Revelation 20 and God asks you, what did you do with my son Jesus? And what did you do with the stuff that I gave you to leverage it for eternity for the cause of Christ. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.